Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Another busy Tuesday in sports business, so let's get right to it. This is your morning buzzcast for Tuesday, November 17th, and I'm Abe Madcore. Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well. The NHL and Adidas made history yesterday, got a lot of buzz as well. They revealed new alternate jerseys for every team in the league. The reverse retro jerseys have been a big PR and social media hit and shifted the story away about the return to play scenarios for the NHL and instead shifted it to on-ice player jerseys. So a nice little piece of PR work there done by the NHL. Big news yesterday, of course, was around the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And certainly my takeaway is that the NCAA is intent on hosting a tournament. They see no way they cannot go without a tournament for two straight years. The men's basketball committee is in talks with the state of Indiana and the city of Indianapolis to hold the entire 68-team national tournament in and around the metro Indianapolis area. Now remember, Indianapolis was already scheduled to host the Final Four, so this makes sense. The NCAA's Dan Gavitt said they hope to confirm Indianapolis as the host city by January 1st, but there are some other cities on the shortlist if it doesn't work out in Indianapolis. Now remember, Indianapolis has a number of gym possibilities where they could play games. Gavitt said attendance would be based on state and local guidelines, which are currently at about 25% of capacity in that city. Now, if they have to extend the bubble, there are other college universities close to Indianapolis, Purdue, Ball State, Indiana State, where they could accommodate other games. But right now, the focus is on Indianapolis, where they'd have Bankers Life Fieldhouse, they'd have Lucas Oil Stadium, they'd have Farmers Coliseum, the University of Indianapolis, and some others. So a number of gyms where they could play. They could centralize the event, which would allow a controlled environment for venues, practices, lodging, and even other medical resources all close to each other. In its announcement yesterday, the NCAA also stated that CBS and Turner Sports will show all the games. And that's another big indicator here. They need to host this event. They need to hold the event because they need to get that $850 million in a rights fee. Because again, not having a tournament two straight years would be incredibly destructive to the NCAA and college institutions. So remember, they had an insurance policy last year where they got some of the money back. But now they're going forward. They're focused on Indianapolis. They want to show all the games. They want to preserve that rights fee. And so this is their next step. So continue to see if they can work out a deal with Indianapolis. In terms of the women's tournament, they said no decisions had been made yet. The women's Final Four is set for San Antonio. Let's shift to the NFL because three teams that had opened their stadiums earlier this season announced yesterday they will now shut down ticket sales for their upcoming games as COVID cases surge 
emerged nationwide. The Washington football team, the Eagles, and the Ravens had all allowed fans to return to the venue in limited capacity, but now they are saying they are going to shut that down, citing new local regulations with the pandemic surging. We've seen basic ticket sales in the NFL stall. Remember, the hope was as the season continued, more fans would be allowed in the venues as municipalities open. That's obviously not the case. We're seeing fewer teams now allow fans in than before. You know, we talked yesterday about the great story around Marlins GM Kim Ang, and it was wonderful to see her make the media rounds yesterday. If you didn't see it, she was on Good Morning America. She was on Today. She was on CBS This Morning. She was on CNBC. Well, the Marlins told us yesterday they received more than 50 press requests from network, non-sports, and international outlets to interview Ang since the announcement of her hiring was made on Friday. So you see the national and international interest in her hiring, and that's great, great to see. These are the stories I hate to talk about on the Buzzcast, but they are important. Just months after winning the Stanley Cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning are eliminating 30 positions. These cuts are across the company. They are effective immediately. They represent less than 10% of the team's workforce, but shows with no fans in the building, teams are continuing to have to right-size their organizations. Let's end with some people news on the Buzzcast. Another senior production executive is leaving ESPN, Libby Geist, executive producer of ESPN Films and Original Content, will leave in January after a very successful 12-year run at the company. Of course, she's been behind The Last Dance, Lance, Be Water, Long Gone Summer. Those were just this summer in terms of their documentaries. But again, Geist, very talented, a previous 40 Under 40 winner. Remember earlier, Connor Shell, Executive VP of Content, and Ryan Spoon, Vice President of Social and Digital Content, announced they will be leaving ESPN as well. Libby Geist says she wants to focus on her family, her health, and hit the reset button. She says her future almost certainly will involve documentary production. I certainly hope so. She is an incredible talented storyteller. I always look to see who's in the private box of Patriots owner Robert Kraft during his games. And of course, while this year is certainly different with no fans in the stands, if you watch Sunday Night Football for the Patriots game against the Ravens, you saw that NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell sitting next to Patriots owner Robert Kraft. Of course, Kraft is head of the NFL's broadcasting committee. Jeff Schell, of course, a key negotiator for NBC Universal. And of course, talks are continuing on the NFL's next media rights deal so i'm sure there was conversation there between jeff shell and robert Kraft, but certainly something we all want to take notice of and some interesting celebrities and athletes and actors getting into team ownership ryan reynolds and rob McElhenney have been approved to buy a welsh soccer club wrexham and they bought the team for about 2.6 million dollars they will own 100 percent of the team the welsh soccer team is in england's fifth tier Both actors said they've been longtime fans of the team. They got some serious love on social media yesterday. The deal was handled by Inner Circle Sports, which represented Reynolds and McElhenney. And Victor Oladipo is getting into team ownership. He and his business manager, Jay Henderson, have joined an ownership group that will purchase the New Zealand Breakers, 
of the Australian National Basketball League. So at 28 years old, Oladipo certainly becomes one of the world's youngest basketball team owners. You see some celebrities getting into team ownership, not a surprise. So a lot going on on this Tuesday, November 17th. That is your Morning Buzzcast. I'm Abe Madcore. Have a great day. Please stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.